This is Melissa from Your Choice Conveyancing. Uh, and I thought it would just be a good idea to bring you in today just to have a bit of a discussion for people that uh, are either you know, purchasing their first home, investors, um, and all those other bits and pieces around conveyancing. Because I think, um, you know, you know that you've got to get finance, you know that you need a conveyancer, but some people maybe don't know exactly what you do in your position. So, um, yeah, just give us a bit of a rundown of what a conveyancer does, I think. So, basically, a conveyancer does all the paperwork. Um, we're kind of like a middleman between the agent, the bank, the other conveyancer. We keep everything running smoothly. So, we do the legal paperwork to make sure that the transfer of ownership goes from the current owner to the new owner. Um, we can make the broker vendor or the purchaser. And it's really just a matter of making sure that everything gets removed at someone that needs to. So if there's a discharge of mortgage, we make sure it gets taken off. Rates and taxes are paid up. We make sure that stamp duty is all paid accurately. If there's any rebates that they're entitled to, um, we check for foreign ownership and if they need to pay anything extra for stamp duty charges and so forth as well. It really is a lot of documentation and just liaising with everybody to make sure that everything comes together. So on the day of settlement, Hopefully everything goes very smoothly and then the new owner gets their keys and can start reusing the property on the summer day. Awesome. In terms of um, settlements and other bits and pieces, now is there a general time or day for settlements and other bits and pieces? Could you hear that around the industry a little bit? So Yeah, look, Friday is the busiest day, so everybody likes to have settlement on a Friday. The purchasers like settlement on a Friday, so they've got the weekend to move in. But technically, you can settle any day of the week. So Monday to Friday, timing for a paper settlement. It does go through generally 11.30 at the Lance Files office in Adelaide, and you'll come out to a table on your behalf. You don't have to be there. But otherwise, now that we've got electronic conveyancing, we can actually settle any time between 9 and 5, which gives extra flexibility so that we can aim for settlement in the morning. If there's any sort of errors or issues that get detected, we can then roll it out into the afternoon. So. Now that electronic conveyancing is coming on board, we are starting to see more going through between 10 and 2, which for some people is more beneficial to have an early morning settlement because it gives them more of the day to be able to start moving in. But obviously for the members, it can be tricky because then they're sort of missing out on that day and they've got to have everything organised the day prior. So, but generally, you can settle any day, any business day of the Yeah, so for manual paperwork, you've actually got to physically attend the Lands Titles Office. Yeah. So think of the land sales office as being, some people call it like a sheep sale, or like a stock exchange area, where you have the banks are all around the outside of the room, the conveyances are in the middle. So if I was going in as a purchaser's conveyancer, I would go in and meet with the vendor's conveyancer. They hand me the discharge of mortgage, part of the transfer. I then go off and meet with my bank, get the documents handed over to them, they check everything. If everything's okay, they'll give me bank checks that I then hand back to the vendor's conveyancer and then they hand it back to their bank and, and relevant parties from there. So when you're settling the paper, it, it could go through as quick as 20 minutes, but you could find that sometimes you could be there for up to two to three hours, depending on your checks. If there's an error with one of the bank checks, that can really cause delays because then they've obviously got to go back to their head office and get everything amended. But yeah, the settlements room is it's an interesting place to be, especially for 30th of June, when it's very crazy. Yeah. And you're just like a bunch of sardines, in this room just yelling out at everybody. Yeah, it can be crazy at times. And 
very disorganised, but it all works. Yeah. So, how many could you? Uh, this is going to be an interesting question. More. Uh, how many have you had to do at one time on SoFrider? Okay, I think my record was about 22. Um, that wasn't when I was working for myself, but that was when I was working for another company. Um, yeah, we had up to 22. And it's funny because you think, oh my gosh, 22 summits, how are we going to make this work? But you look at it, like, a lot of them you can sort of put into bundles. So, you know, you might have three or four with CBA bank coming in, or you might have two with Bank SA coming in, or you might have two with the same conveyance on the other side. So once you sort of get them organised into um, you know, routine, you could be down there doing 22 settlements in the same amount of time as what it's taking you to do three settlements. So it's all about how organised you can be. And yeah. the more organised you can be before you get in there, sometimes the better, but it also pays to always be on time if you're 10 to 15 minutes late on some of the lines that you're experiencing, um, especially for SAR Global who handle a lot of the settlements with the banks. You could be standing in line for 30 minutes waiting to get to the front of the queue for your files to be looked at. So the more on time you can be, obviously the better mm -hmm. makes the settlements going through as well. So in terms of electronic settlements, um, electronic advancing, how does that work for your industry? Because that's, that's come about in the last couple of years. Yeah. How much has that changed things? It sounds yeah. like it's changed for the better. Uh, absolutely. So what what's the process for you in the, in the in the background? What's the difference? Why does some go through manual? Why does some go through electronically? I think that's. Um, so there's still a few transactions in South Australia that we can't do electronically. Um, one in particular is if a bank has taken possession of somebody's property. Right. Um, that transfer we we aren't quite set up to do it electronically. Um, it also can vary depending on the other conveyances that are involved. So generally. Most conveyances are now registered, but there's still a large percentage that aren't transacting online because they're not quite ready to take that next step and, and embrace that change. Um, for us, as a no-brainer. We love electronic conveyancing multiple reasons. Mostly because we find that we have better control over a file. We can see things better. We can tell not only from our side where our bank is at, but we can also see from the vendor's bank or the other side's bank where things are at if the discharge authority has been sent through, if loan docs have been sent out, we can see who's accepted the settlement booking and who's still yet to accept it. We also find that with electronic conveyancing, it's a much higher um, percentage of settlements going through on the due date yeah. as opposed to a paper settlement where it can be dictated by some of the banks. If they haven't received the paperwork, they want to delay it by a day or two online, they, they seem to be able to make it happen a lot easier. Okay, so in terms of um, electronically, so you can see what the vendor's bank is, is doing as well? To a certain degree, obviously we only get snippets, yeah. but it just makes it easier because we can see, okay, discharge authority has been sent through on such and such a date, or loan documents were sent through on such and such date, so we can manage the time frame and know, okay, yeah, that's sufficient time for sellers to still go through on yeah, yeah, so exactly. you can proactively see whether or not settlements exactly. going to happen and help avoid any yeah. potential delays. Rather than finding out a day or two before settlement that yeah. oh, this title of was only sent through three days ago, bank hasn't got enough time, or loan documents haven't been sent out yet. We can see more in advance, so we can let clients know, which then in turn makes them be able to re remove lists if they need to, or yeah. make changes to plans if, it, if they absolutely have to. Okay. 
So that's a that's obviously a massive change that's happened mm -hmm. to the industry. Yeah. Um, and by the sounds of it, it's a pretty good one. That's that's you know yeah. we're in an electronic and digital age now. Um, and you know, I'm guessing for you, rather than standing in line exactly. as a sub-end, yes. you've got the yeah, you've got the opportunity to just log in and, and view those. And I think that's really, that's that's really quite cool and, and quite forward. Well, as a promoter, my job is to be doing the paperwork and getting things moving, getting things settled on time. So I can do that while I'm in the office settling electronically. If I'm standing at the last hours office, I can't I can't be checking my emails, yeah. responding, or taking phone calls, or you know, meeting with clients because that time of the day is literally wasted by me standing around. But yeah, in the you've office. got travel time to yeah. and from Lance Tiger's office and all those sorts of bits and pieces. So it sounds like. Um, you know, as we just stated, it's definitely changed for the better, yeah. which, which is, um, oh, you know, I've seen sevens be delayed for a week, two weeks sometimes, just because there, there wasn't that visibility of what's what's going on at yeah. settlement. So, in, in terms of that, can you act for both parties, both the vendor and the purchaser? You can. Um, our office policies that we prefer not to. Um, the only reason, well, main reason being that if you act for both parties and something goes wrong with one side, you then have to try and determine, okay, whose who's party is my best interest? So you've right. got to try and work out, okay, the vendor's bank might not be ready, but the purchaser has got to, you know, has got a link settlement and they really need it to go through. You have to be very careful then with the advice that you're giving out between the vendor and the purchaser and, and those parties. So. Sometimes it can be looked at that it's an easy way because you've got better control, you can keep an eye on things easier. But unfortunately, it comes down to the banks that you're dealing with. So you could be, you know, Adelaide's best conveyancer, but if you're dealing with bank A and bank B and both of them are nightmare banks, it doesn't matter how good a conveyancer you are, sometimes you just can't avoid it. Yeah. And with this day and age, a lot of agents are likely to go through for 30 days, but depending on the purchaser and their finance, the amount of you know, potential errors that could happen or issues that could arise, as soon as you've got a conflict of interest, you yeah. then have to step away from it, which can then just cause even more you know, concerns and issues with settlement for clients. Yeah. So our motto at your choice is the right choice towards a stress-free settlement. So the less stress we can take away from the client and try and avoid, the better the settlement for the client yeah. as well. So it allows you to act you know, in, in a more, I guess, Ethical way could be the yeah. could be the okay. response there, you know. So yeah. um, allowing you to, to work on behalf of that person rather than trying to yeah. split your view or go actually, you know, person A, it really should be this advice, but then that's going to affect person, person B. B. So it sounds yeah. like it's a pretty sound policy. Yeah, um, you can provide more professional service and yeah. yeah. No, no, that, that makes complete sense. That's, that's, a, that's a good one. Um, so, is there any other questions that you get from, say, clients that something left field, as an example, something that's... <laughs> um, can they take the letterbox or can they take the barbecue that's been plumbed into the into the back entertaining area. Um, one thing that we do often have to remind clients, 
especially vendors, is that yes, you might have spent a lot of money on putting this feature in. Um, some people are getting quite protective of fancy letterboxes and so forth. Yeah. Anything that's fixed to the property, you can't take it. You have to leave that there. Um, there's nothing worse than on a Friday afternoon, settlements are all done and the purchaser rings up and says, this, this and this is taken. Or another one we've seen recently is where the perfectly beautiful stainless steel dishwasher was replaced with a cheaper white brand that they just picked up from the side of the road. Dishwasher was still there, as per the terms of the contract, but it wasn't the same one. So right. it's just important that people remember if it's fixed to the property, you have to leave it there. Don't go taking it with the removalists. <laughs> right, so what, what do you do in that sort of circumstance? So, I mean, obviously it's a little bit easier for you when you know with your policy of only acting on one side because then yeah. you can you can apply the appropriate advice. Yeah. What's what's the advice there? Because then it turns It can turn messy. Yeah. Especially because as soon as someone's done, money's well exchanged. I can't go back to the bank and say, oh can you give me an extra five hundred dollars back? I need it, but I'm gonna stay here or we've got an issue. Basically the first step is always to contact the agent and see if they're able to discuss it with the vendor immediately. In some instances, depending on what it is, if it's something that was only like $50 or $100, unfortunately someone might just have to... Yeah, um, I was going to say build a bridge, so that was much easier. Yeah. Um, but depending on, on the item itself, sometimes the vendors just didn't realise, and it's as simple as them saying, look, I'm sorry, I'll get it returned, yeah. or, or sometimes they might offer some form of compensation, so they might give them a, you know, a $300 cash in hand, to sort of for the purchase event to go out and, and replace the item, but yeah. it, it unfortunately can get quite messy, and not only for us as the conveyors, but also for you guys as the agents as well. Yeah. Being one of those things, it's just like, oh, I don't worry what I'm going to do. So, yeah, it just comes down to negotiation skills and hoping that we can get a rep, you know, get it rectified between the parties. Yeah, and I guess there's, you know, I, I think we're more in that things have changed a lot in the last few years where people do have those. Fancier letterboxes, or they've yeah. got fancy and they got yeah, and they attached to things. Yeah. So that's quite interesting. People, yeah. People trying to take those sorts of yeah. things up. Yeah. And sometimes it's just a matter of when you're buying or selling anything, it's not something that you do on a regular basis. You might only sell your house every ten years. Yeah. And obviously, it's one of those things that we just need to remember to educate the clients as to what they can and can't do. And that makes it a little bit easier, but so don't take the mailbox. All the antennas. Antennas used to be a big thing. Thankfully, well, they, they take antennas, antennas too. Don't take the antennas. <laughs> but yeah, no, we've had um, we've had some interesting phone calls on Friday afternoon. <laughs> and you sort of sit there and think, oh gosh, okay, yep, didn't think I'd take that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So that that, that was yeah, that would be fun. Um, well, look, I think we'll wrap it up there, Liz. I think it's been great for everybody to um, hear what you've had to say. I think we've had some, we've had a pretty interesting conversation there, especially around mailboxes and <laughs> antennas. Um, but no, thank you very much for, for coming on board. Thanks for having me. No, no problem. Look, um, Melissa's in the Our Friends section on our uh, website as well. Um, we do recommend uh, Melissa is, is a good conveyance to deal with. We, we always have great interactions with you. Um, but look, guys, thanks for watching. I'm Dan from Real People Real Estate, and uh, we'll see you next time.